it that way. All right, let's get right into the book. And uh, we are doing the guide inside and uh, I have it prepped for a different page here. So let me get right back to um, where we left off. And we are on page 117, page 117. I'm going to read the scripture text that begins this section. Behold, uh, this is 1 Kings 19, 11, and 12. Behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. I love that scripture. Uh, you know, many times we're looking for something spectacular and like, whoa, this must be the Lord, you know. Uh, yet, uh, those preceded the Lord, but the Lord was in the still, small voice. All right. So, um, this is entitled, How God Might Lead, Part 2. And then after this chapter, if we finish it uh, tonight, then we'll go on the next week. Uh, if not, we'll just probably have one more week on it at the most. And uh, then it is the ways that God will lead. Uh, so first we, we looked at the ways that God does not lead, will not lead. And uh, then now we're looking at part two of the ways that God might lead. And these tend to be a little bit more uh, spectacular. Uh, and uh, this doesn't happen to every uh, person that's born again that's a child of God. And it's not guaranteed for every uh, person that's part of God's family. But it may happen uh, if God sees fit. So um, I want you to notice, uh, first of all, that uh, as many as are led by the Spirit of God in Romans chapter 8, they are the sons of God. Or he says on page 117 um, that God promises that his sons and daughters will be led by his Spirit. And so we have a promise from him that he leads us by his Spirit. And uh, we are a spirit. And, you know, Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What's that mean? Well, that means God's going to use our own spirits to lead us and guide us with his spirit. And so where we're going to look for direction and for leading from the Lord is uh, in our own spirits where we're connected with the Lord, where we become one spirit with him, what, uh, like Paul told us in Corinthians. So if you're looking for reasoning to be your guide, like, oh, let me figure it out, that's not going to be uh, the leading of the Lord. If you're looking for a feeling uh, to be a guide, well, I, I want to ask, what do you mean by feeling? Uh, because if you mean like... <clears throat> Uh, I feel afraid, or I feel scared, or I feel this, or I feel that. That's not what we're talking about. But if you're talking, when you describe feeling, if you're saying it is an inward witness, like you have a knowing on the inside in your spirit from the Lord, uh, that could be right. It's probably not the best way to describe it, but it could be that way. But just a natural uh, communication from your natural senses. Uh, no, that's not the leading of the Spirit of the Lord. Uh, your natural senses, if you've been alive for any length of time, you'll find out they can be very fickle. And uh, so... Um, we ought to act by faith, live by faith, and eventually uh, your feelings will line up at some point. Uh, but a lot of times they don't say fixed in alignment. <laughs> they'll come in and then they'll, they'll go in and out. So as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Then if we go over to page uh, 118, I want you to notice in the middle of the page, just to the right of uh, when it comes to how the Holy Ghost communicates, all of His ways are supernatural, but some of His ways are spectacular. That little uh, highlight that they have in the, the editor put in the book there. 
I want you to notice three things here. He talks about uh, three ways that God uh, will communicate with us. Uh, number one is the inward witness. And he said, it is the impression in our spirits and it's how God leads us most of the time. Number two, the still small voice is more than impression. It's the voice of our own spirits speaking words. Our spirits pick up information from the Holy Spirit living in us. And so, you know, initially you have the um, inward witness and it's just kind of like a knowing or like if, um, <clears throat> if I threw a boomerang and, uh, you know, you saw it and you were there and man, that thing came down and uh, it just like, went almost hit the ground and almost hit the, maybe I threw it over towards the garden and so it almost hit something in the garden to chop it off, but it just barely grazed it and came back up. And I would say, did you see that? And like maybe my kids were there and none of them saw it, but maybe you did. And so you could be, I saw it. It came like, it came within like, how many, how many inches was it? What do you think? And I'll be like, well, I think it was 12 inches. You say, well, I think it was more like eight inches. You know, so we were both witness to that. So when you're saying, well, I think it was more like eight, that's a, that's a, like a witness, right? So we have an inward witness and that's the primary way that God leads us. So it's not so much a, a definite, these are the exact words I heard spoken, but it is more a perception. Like I perceive uh, danger, or I perceive blessing, or I perceive this is the right way to go. So that doesn't mean, uh, you know, some people, sometimes we can make a mistake by not being specific enough and say, the Lord spoke to me and said not to go on the trip because uh, there was going to be an accident. When really what happened is you perceived danger in the trip. And so um, the, the difference is then the still small voice will have a little more distinction to it. And it's because it's your own spirit speaking what your spirit has picked up from the Holy Spirit. And then number three, the voice of the spirit is a strong authoritative voice that almost always seems audible. Uh, and so like if you're the one hearing it, you're like, did, did you hear that? Did anybody else hear that? But not only that, it's very authoritative. Like someone that has power and authority is speaking. Like stop right now and look behind you. You know, it's, it's very like, whoa, what is that? Like there is a authority behind the voice. And so those three things are kind of a, a, a baseline that he put in the book here for the rest of this chapter. So I wanted to make sure that we go through those first. Again, those are on the middle of um, page 118. And then I want to pick up at the bottom and read Acts chapter 10, verse 11 through 16. Peter saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him, uh, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything uncommon or, or excuse me, anything common or unclean. And uh, the voice spoke to him against the second, again the second time, What God has cleansed you should not call common. This was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. So this happened three times. And so uh, I don't know what, it's about, what it is about Peter and the number three, but apparently there's something about Peter and the number three. We're not going there tonight. We'll, we'll do that when we talk about Revelation. Okay. Okay. Um, so um, Peter was there on the housetop praying and this, this vision 
uh, is set before him and he sees this vision and, you know, he sees these unclean things. He's like, no, I, I would never do that. I would never do that. Right. Well, the very next thing that happens is he's got a knock on the door from an unclean person, according to the Jews, a Gentile. Uh, Cornelius is at the door knocking. And so he had, he's just seen this vision, probably trying to figure out what in the world does this mean? And so end of, uh, excuse me, bottom of 119, Cornelius uh, from the Gentiles' house, uh, Gentiles were from Cornelius, were at the door and the Holy Spirit spoke to him in that strong authoritative voice. And so um, the voice of the Lord is so powerful, he said to the hearer that sometimes a person doesn't know if it's audible or not. So you see that there was a strong authoritative voice there in the book of Acts. And then he goes on uh, page 120 into Elijah and, uh, you know, the scripture that we quoted at the very beginning for, for a scripture text um, where Elijah basically is kind of, you know, depressed and hiding. And the, and the Lord speaks to him uh, in authoritative voice and says, what are you doing here? Like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you in this position? Right. Um, so it got Elijah's attention. And so he said, go out and stand on the mountain, listen. So he, he caused him to come to listen. And then he said, um, well, I'll read that again. Verse 11, uh, he said, go out and stand on this mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake and after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Uh, uh, and after the fire, a still, small voice. So uh, a lot of times he said, we're looking for something big and flashy. But uh, the Lord was in the still, small voice. Uh, sometimes we're just looking for what's happening in the natural world. Like, you know, maybe you'd be like, I'm driving down the road and if this stoplight goes out, that's a word from the Lord. Or this street light rather goes out, that's a word from the Lord. I don't know if anybody ever did that, but if you did, just, uh, you know, praise the Lord. And so, or maybe you're looking for, you know what, if, uh, if it's the will of God for me to, to go on this missions trip or to sow into this ministry, then, uh, you know, just make everything line up perfectly. I know it's the will of God because everything's just going to work out. No problems, no difficulties. Well, if Paul lived by that, he would never have done most of the ministry that he did because, <laughs> man, uh, you think about it. What's, why does the devil have to be so aggressive, aggressive against people that are not doing the plan of God? But if you're doing the plan of God, the devil's going to try to put something in front of you. But there is no blockade that he can put in front of you that your trust in God will not remove. In other words, the devil has no power in our union with Christ because Christ is the very one that defeated him. And so if we rely upon our union with Christ and stand in that place of authority, not because we apart from him are somebody, but because he is somebody and we have become united to him so uh, intimately uh, and intricately uh, one with him that it's like we're no longer living and he's living through us. Right. Uh, one translator said, uh, I'm simply uh, enjoying a second existence with it, which is Christ using my body. He's saying, I'm not living anymore. Uh, but what you see is simply Christ using my body. 
and it's, that is my second existence. My new identity and my new life is totally bound up and found in Christ so much so that if you look, you just see him. And thank God that when God looks, he just sees him because all of our failures, sins, uh, uh, different things like that, that we may have inabilities or that we're conscious of or not conscious of, they are removed by the blood of Jesus. When you receive what he did, then you are set free from your past and you are set free from the penalty for your past, the things that you deserve. So when someone like, well, you messed up and you deserve this and somebody's got to pay. You know, that is an echo of the voice of the devil himself, of the chief accuser. He is the accuser of the brethren. So if someone's accusing you, you know, they're, they're in, in agreement with the devil, right? They're saying the same thing as the devil. So uh, God does not condemn or accuse, but he entreats, invites, and he makes a way uh, where the devil would say, there's no way out. Uh, you're done. No, you're not finished. Uh, you're only finished if you give up and you turn to the enemy. But if you don't give up and you say, you know what? I'm not, I can't do this in my strength. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. That's the best decision you could make in your life and just say, you know what? I'm going to turn to Jesus, right? So don't give up and like end your life or something crazy like that. That's the, the will of the enemy. No, you say, you know what? Yeah, I am going to give up. I'm not going to do it. I've been trying to do it. It's too much weight on me. I can't accomplish it. But what you can do then is you can turn your heart to Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, right? And so when you do that, it's like your burdens that were on you, they are just rolled off of you and they're put on him and he's equipped to carry them and we're not. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6, if you need to know more about that. Yeah. Um, God is good and, and he loves you and he has a plan for you. And he's not out trying to like, uh, you know, some big being looking over your every move like you're a little ant. And if you make one wrong move, he's just going to squish you like an ant or, you know, smack you like with a fly swatter or something. No, that's not God. And, um, you know, sometimes we look for the enemy to come with a pitchfork and horns. But a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, people... Uh, knowingly or even more times maybe unknowingly they give voice to the thoughts of the enemy over their own life and over the lives of others and so uh, every good gift and perfect gift comes from above uh, from the father with whom there's no very or shadow of turning jesus said the uh, thief has just come to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly so god's plan for you is that your life would flourish beyond your wildest dreams that you would have fulfillment in your marriage that you would have fulfillment in your friendships that you would have fulfillment with your children and with your parents that you would have fulfillment at your job and that doesn't mean fulfillment doesn't mean that you would have ease fulfillment means that it would be fulfilling have you ever worked a really hard job and tough day and you but you put everything into it and just rested in the peace of god on the inside of you yet while you're working and strenuously the whole time and man you got the satisfaction uh, same thing uh you know the lord lately just i it keeps it's just um i think it's such a good picture of living by faith and choosing that choice like how do you know where you believe god from how do you know where you speak from well, one of the best ways is if you from your heart forgive someone, 
uh, you, you immediately go to your spirit because I tell you, your flesh doesn't want to forgive and your, your flesh wants to hold it against someone and your flesh wants to, you know, wish something bad happened to them or something like that. But man, you resist that. That is not from God. You don't have that. You know, you just like, you know what? I, I might not have messed up in that area, but I could mess up in other areas and stuff like that. And you refuse to sit in that seat of judgment because why? Well, your faith won't work. Jesus said in Mark 20, 11, 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. Right after he'd said, this is how faith works. This is what happens with faith. In other words, you can talk to mountains, speak to them, and they will move. But when you stand praying, forgive. Why? That your Father, which is in heaven, may forgive you. And so it seems that apparently if we don't forgive others, the forgiveness for us is stopped up. And so I don't ever want that stopped up. So I'm going to live a life of forgiveness. And so, uh, in, uh, you know, I think it's Ephesians 5.32 that uh, we're to be kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. And so we can forgive the same way that God forgives. And uh, that'll keep you just like uh, with a free flow connection with the Lord. Uh, you, haven't, you haven't got stuff stopping it up. And it also keeps you just free from your own self. And so, uh, which is a good thing because sometimes uh, our own selves are the biggest problem. You know, was it, I think it's Roosevelt or somebody said, you know, if I could find the guy that's giving me all the trouble and kick him as hard as I could in the seat of the pants, I wouldn't sit down for a week. <laughs> and so I love that quote. I got to relook it up and see exactly who was, who was given that quote. But sometimes we're just looking for things in the natural world to communicate that. But that's, that's not how he communicates. It's actually in the spiritual world. And the spiritual world is on the inside of the believer. Right. So as close as on the inside, that's where God lives. That's where he, he will talk to you from. And so we're not looking for some outward thing like, let me study this and figure it out. No, uh, we're looking to the inside. And as you study his word, if you open your heart to his word, yeah, he'll speak to you through his word in your heart. Right. Not, not the reasoning like, oh, I figured it out in my head. No, no, it's not that. It, it's it's uh, in our hearts. So um, strong, authoritative voice. Um, and then I want to look at, uh, just talk to you about this story at the bottom of page 122. Um, John G. Lake, John G. Lake, oh, what, what, with Elijah, he just mentioned right there, I should finish that up. He just mentioned that uh, after he spoke to them in that strong authoritative voice to get his attention, then he just, it was like a still small voice. He just knew on the inside, wait a minute, this, you know, it's a still small voice. And that's where the Lord, you know, directed him back and said, this is what you need to do. But he had to get his attention. And um, uh, sometimes, you know, you think, how come, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but you think, how come God has such spectacular um, communication with some people, but not with me? <laughs> or maybe it seems like other people have it a lot more. Well, you know how uh, Kenneth Hagin used to tell us, he said, uh, when the Lord speaks such a spectacular way, basically most of the time it means there's rough sledding ahead. You know what that means? That means it might be a little bit of a tough time. And in fact, uh, Paul told Timothy uh, concerning the prophecies that went before uh, that you stir up the gift of God, um, uh, which is in you by the laying on of the hands and that by those prophecies, you may wage a good warfare. In other words, that went previously before you. So these words, spectacular words from the Lord, words of prophecy were spoken over Timothy, probably when hands were laid on him. And then Paul reminded him of that and said, by those prophecies, you're going to wage a good warfare. In other words, something was prophesied back when. And 
that was like a word from the Lord, spectacular, that was going to hold you steady if you'll remember it when you're going through the tough time. So these words will hold you steady. And not all the time, but many times that is the case. And so much so that sometimes you get to the point where you hear someone, uh, see someone with something spectacular happening like that, and you're like, thank the Lord that's not happening to me. You know, because uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that it's not like really going rough right now. Uh, but, you know, the Lord, you know, if your past going to be rough, he'll, he'll see that you have what you need, whether it's spec- what you need. Did I say that? He'll see that you have what you need. I'll slow down. Whether it's something spectacular like that or just you have a knowing on the inside, you will have solid ground from the Lord so that, uh, you know, you can live by faith. He always gives you the words you need to live by faith. And um, he told the story from John Lake uh, where he and his wife were going down the mountain road and all of a sudden he said, I heard that voice so many times so it must have been like the inward witness. Um, that, uh, you know, go off on the wrong side of the road onto the shoulder, which was apparently illegal at that time or that place to do. So he didn't even talk to his wife. He just pulled over and almost off the shoulder. And as soon as he did, boy, that big old truck came barreling down the road uh, at a 45 degree angle. So it was covering both lanes, both directions. And if they'd have been there, he said it would have hit them and knocked them off a hundred foot cliff. Probably him and his wife would have died and the truck driver might have died. But yet just by following the inward witness, they were saved and protected. And uh, so was the truck driver and he was able to get it back under control uh, after that. And so everybody then just went on their way. And so many times it's that way, you know, but you notice he had to do something uh, because it wasn't just, well, I can just keep going in my lane if I want to go in my lane. And I'm just going to do what I want to do. Uh, but uh, you have to follow the leading of the Lord. And sometimes it's uncomfortable to follow the leading of the Lord. It'd be uncomfortable to go over there on the wrong side of the road because your mind is like, no, you can't do that. Or, you know, especially if you have like a lot of justice going on, <laughs> your mind's like, no, no, no. Um, and so uh, that's what they did. And um, uh, the next story that he kind of goes into is um, about this pastor that uh, was getting ready to minister. And the Lord said to him, um, why don't you give me the service today? Let me have the service today. And, uh, you know, he said that the pastor was like offended, like, Lord, uh, I'm doing that every day. He said about that time, the pastor saw like, uh, he just saw his himself look at his watch as his wife was leading worship and added an extra song like okay i gotta get to to the message i have my message my message i think the best thing in the world sometimes would be if pastors would throw out their message and just get the lord's message well this pastor thought well i am doing the lord's message this is why it's real important to just stay yielded to the lord and you always follow the lord and you know the slightest leading you just you know go look more into it and then follow if if it is from the lord and you just uh, follow it and so he did and um what happened is um the pastor told him what god said uh told the congregation and god had said uh the lord told me you're thirsty and you need to drink and when he said that he said it was like everyone in the church just flooded the altar and it went in from that service all the way into the next service. And they had a move of God uh, for weeks. And uh, at the time of the writing of this book, it was still going on. And so it's amazing if you let the Lord have the service, uh, you know, whether you're conscious or not conscious of it, you know, just uh, follow the Lord. If you think you're already doing it, then what's going to hurt you to do it, right? And uh, you'll find out that uh, sometimes you're not doing it as much as, as, as you think you are. So... Um, 
He said that. And then um, he was talking about uh, Stoyan from Zagreb, kind of a, a longer story. And uh, that is uh, over here. If I can find it real quick. I don't have the page written down. Um, page 124, I think it starts on there. Page 124. Um, you know, and so they had ministered there and had a ton of people, great thing. And then they were planning another trip to go there. And from the moment that uh, they had planned that trip, uh, and he talked to Stoyan about going there, who was the, the host minister, but he just didn't feel right about it. But he, he went ahead and did it because he's like, oh, we've had so, such good meetings there. And we haven't been there for a while, so we need to go there. Well, it come down to the day of, and man, uh, initially he just had a still small voice or excuse me, inward witness. And then uh, the day of, boy, he had that like authoritative voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. And um, when he had the voice of the Holy Spirit uh, talking to him, I got leaves like hitting me here. <laughs> the voice of the Holy Spirit talking to him, it got his attention. He couldn't go back to sleep and his wife woke up and he's like, do you think we should go? She's like, well, we planned it and the train leaves in a little bit. I guess we should. So he told her what happened and uh, she was kind of like, oh, well, maybe what are we going to do? Because you don't, you don't ever want to like have all people make all these prep and preparation and then just not be a person of your word, but you got to follow the Holy Spirit. And so uh, anyhow, long story short, he contacted Stoyan and uh, basically said, uh, you know, what do you think about the meeting? And he's like, why are you asking? He's like, well, what do you think about the meeting? And he's like, well, I might have a little bit of a check or something. He's like, well, yeah. He's like, I didn't tell you, but when you initially said it, I didn't want to disappoint you, but I had the same thing in me. I'm like, uh, something's not right about this. So he said, no problem. I'll have the meeting tonight. Don't come. Uh, I agree with you. And, um, you know, he never told him it was the spectacular thing to put that guy in a bad position. Like, well, God said this, so this has to be right. That's, that's not right to do that to people. And so um, they have the same spirit that we have. And so uh, anyhow, instead of a, being a ton of people at the meeting and people coming from all over uh, other countries, one person came from another country and there weren't hardly any people there. And uh, when they said that they were going to cancel it because they had a check in their spirit, nobody was surprised. And so that's what I love. The Lord knows already. He had already spoken to the hearts of those other believers there. And so they, they knew. Um, and uh, everything uh, turned out well. He said it never found out why not to go, what type of danger it was or what it was. Uh, but it always pays to obey uh, the voice of the Spirit of God. And um, the, last, the last one he does here is over on page 131. He talks about uh, uh, Peter and Jesus. And I'm going to read John chapter 12, verse 18 and 19. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Look at that. Death can glorify God. By what death he should, that's Peter, should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So he was saying in here, you know, Peter, you know, they're making prayer for him. And uh, yet Peter, the angel came in with a bright light, didn't wake up. Uh, and the angel had to like grab a hold of Peter and shake him to get him uh, woke up. But yet he's supposed to be executed the next day. And he said, I thought for years, like, why in the world? I wish I could say I would do that, but I wouldn't do that. And then, uh, you know, he believes through reading this, and I guess I would tend to agree with him, that this was a word of wisdom that Jesus spoke over Peter and said, you know, when you're young, you're kind of going to go where you want. But, uh, you know, um, when you're old, another's, uh, uh, 
going to carry where you don't want, and this is going to be a, a death where you're going to glorify me. Well, he, he said, Peter just needed a mirror. He must, maybe he asked for a mirror because he saw himself, and he said, well, wait a minute, I'm not old, so I can't die because the word of the Lord has already been spoken over to me that when I'm old, I'm not going to have those abilities. Uh, you know, I'm going to be pushed around, and then that's how I'm going to glorify the Lord in my death when, when I die in that way, excuse me, glor die and then glorify the Lord in the death. Um, so he just said, uh, you know, I believe that the Lord gave him a word of wisdom and you see it there in uh, John chapter 21. So Peter could have that confidence. Yeah, I don't know how the Lord's going to do it, but he already said, I, when I am old and I am not old yet. And so he had that confidence so he could sleep like a baby so that the angel had to wake him up, you know, and then he thought, he even thought he's having a dream, you know, so he wasn't. He wasn't too uh, concerned about it. But the Lord, uh, sometimes he leads in a spectacular way, but he always leads in a supernatural way. Primary way he leads is through the witness on the inside of the believer. And, uh, you know, that's the initial way we know that we're born again uh, because it's the witness of the Spirit. His Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So as a child of God, we have the Spirit of God living on the, on the inside of us, and He has all wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and direction. And we can look to Him by looking to our spirits. One of the best ways to do that sometimes, you just exercise yourself spiritually, is to pray in other tongues. And, you know, if you're not filled with the Spirit, you can receive the fullness of the Spirit. Jesus actually said uh, that uh, wait before you go out till you be filled with power from on high. This he was speaking of the Spirit which he would send. Well, that's what happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And um, you'll be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. You'll receive power after the Holy Spirit's come on you. And so uh, there is an experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And if you've never been filled with the Spirit, you know, oh, it's a tremendous blessing that will in, enlarge and enrich your spiritual life and your spiritual relationship with the Lord. Uh, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, when we pray in an unknown tongue, we're speaking not to men, but to God. In other words, our motives are not involved. We're just yielding our tongue to let the Lord speak through us. We have to let the words be formed on our mouth but he gives us the very words in our own spirits and we speak them out. And so, uh, you know, you can be filled today. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, he said, if you ask, if an earthly child asks his father for bread, uh, would he give him a serpent or a scorpion? How much more if you ask your heavenly father for the Holy Spirit, will he give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So you don't have to be worried that God's going to give you some other spirit. No, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. When you're born again, you're born again by the Spirit. But just like I have this bottle of water, I'm a little thirsty right now, and I could take a drink of water, but until I, until I kept drinking and drinking and drinking, I might not be full of the water. In fact, I wouldn't be. Uh, and it's like, you know, you, you have the Holy Spirit, but you're not... Uh, you don't have him in his fullness. You're not filled with him, I guess is how the Bible describes it, or baptized in the Holy Spirit, which is immersed in the Holy Spirit. So saturated in every part, right? Uh, that's what happened in Acts chapter 2. And they're like, what is going on with these guys, you know? 
Uh, are they drunk or what's happening? Because man, you get full of the Holy Spirit and things take their proper perspective and you're not really concerned like, oh, like uh, uh, what this person said or what's, that, what's happening there because you're just so full of the things that you would be frustrated about, you laugh about because you're like, <laughs> God is good. You just get so full and it keeps you in the love of Christ. So if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, you can do that. We can send you some materials if you'd like to read a little bit more on it. But um, it's, uh, it's something, that in this era of time, uh, prior to Christ returning and after he ascended on high, that he gave to his body. And it is such a tremendous blessing. In fact, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says that uh, tongues shall cease. Why is that? Well, because we won't need them. Uh, you know, because we'll know even as we're known, the Bible says. But right now, it is a tremendous blessing. You think about it, James said that the whole course of your life is directed by your tongue. And if you can learn to yield your tongue to God, whoa, then the course of your life would go in God's direction. And so what you do is when you pray in other tongues, you're yielding your tongue in a language you don't know, so you don't get so involved. And the more you do that, you'll begin to even begin to prophesy, which is you're yielding your tongue in a language you do know, and uh, it, it, you get you used to what it's like to yield your spirit and your tongue to the Lord. And if you can yield your spirit and your tongue to the Lord uh, yourself in, the, in that way, well then uh, the Lord's able to work through you and with you. So if you'd like to be filled with the Spirit, uh, I want to pray for you right now. Father, I just pray for everyone that's listening or watching that wants to be filled with your Spirit. Uh, Father, I, I pray right now if they're not born again that you'll... Um, uh, come uh, upon them and convict them of sin just like you said that you would and um, uh, in Jesus name and if you're not I'm going to pause for a second because if you're not born again you're not going to be filled with the spirit so let me pray with you if you've never been born again you must receive Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior if you'd like to do that you just got to believe that God raised him from the dead and confess him as Lord uh, from your heart and so I'm going to pray a prayer uh, like that and then I'm gonna go right into a prayer of being filled with the Spirit so that if you're not born again or maybe you have been born again but you turned away from the Lord you can come back and you can be filled let's pray uh, say this after me say oh God, oh God I come to you in the name of your son Jesus Christ I believe that he died on the cross to pay for my sins and to take them away from me and that you raised him from the dead and I take Jesus right now as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm going to live for Him, I'm gonna live for him. Not, myself. not myself. My new life has now begun. And I am now your child. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And Father God, Father God I'm, asking you I'm asking you to baptize me, to baptize me in your Holy Spirit. In your with the evidence of other tongues, of other tongues that I will speak freely, speak freely uh, in, an in an unknown language given by you, given by you and, flowing out through me. and flowing out through me. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Now you just uh, take a deep breath and uh, begin to speak. Just go, and then just begin to speak, you know. And um, uh, in, in a language that you don't know. And if you'd like more information on uh, uh, being filled with the Spirit or being uh, born again, if you just prayed the prayer or you prayed either of those prayers, uh, send us an email, info at anchordc.org or fill out the form that they're popping up on the screen right there. And uh, we'd love to get your name to be able to pray for you. We don't want to send you a bunch of junk mail. In fact, we won't send you a bunch of junk mail. We just want to connect with you and uh, be a resource to you.